Welcome to the gaming's greatest generation podcast where we discuss news, reviews, and all things video games with your hosts the OG Leo Holly, the overachiever Mark Lombardi, and Mr. Contradiction himself Matt Harms. Stay tuned for ways to connect with the G3 community, contribute to the show, or tell us about your greatest gaming experiences. Now, let's get to the show. Greetings, gamers, and welcome back for another episode of the G3 Podcast. Here for episode 60, you've got yours truly, known as Ice, on a solo show. Uh, so unfortunately, we wanted to get the whole crew in here, but uh, and as you may have noticed, we're about a week delayed, and that is predominantly because last week I went ahead and I finally caught the vid, uh, so I was unfortunately out of commission quite a bit, and you'll have to excuse me if... Uh, I mute the mic here because I'm still getting over a little bit of a cough. But additionally, uh, my two co-hosts, Snipe90 and Mother Down, have been having family and technical concerns going on in the background. So nevertheless, you get me here for episode 60. Uh, so just a quick recap on all the things that have happened. Uh, we on the show would like to uh, go ahead. Let me, let me, let me first say... Uh, We appreciate it if you guys have stuck with us even on our little time of break and feel free to like subscribe share the show with a friend That's how we're gonna get more uh, episodes out there and into the ears of uh, fellow listeners like you that being said We do want to uh, at G3 go ahead and pay our respects to the passing of Queen Elizabeth Uh, You know whether or not you are on board with the monarchy and the things that they have historically done I think personally that it's still in good taste to uh, respect those that have passed and respect for the families that may be in mourning. Uh, There may be some geopolitical stuff going on that now comes up uh, with King Charles taking over, but it doesn't necessarily mitigate our opportunity to be civil uh, and go ahead and pass on uh, those well wishes to the family as they endure uh, what is potentially going to be a lengthy grieving process. That being said, moving right along. Um, In news, this is going to be a pretty news-heavy episode because we went ahead and we obviously had quite a break. But again, in the interest of kind of conserving my breath uh, and covering as much as I can in a solo show, I'm going to try and make it as concise, packed to the punch as possible because, you know, it it is what it is. We want to get you guys the information that's relevant to you in the gaming sphere. But at the same token, I think we can all be humans and understand that we're going through some different things, myself included. And, uh, sorry, I had to cough there. And not trying to go ahead and belabor the point much longer. So, uh, first and foremost, I, I saw a little bit about this, but I haven't seen anything official. There may, in fact, be the cancellation of the Intel Arc GPU. So, if you were paying attention, Intel was finally going to go ahead and introduce their first discrete GPU uh, that they had, I guess, codenamed or project name was the Arc GPU. And it was supposed to be a competitor with AMD uh, and NVIDIA's latest entries. Uh, That being said, I saw only maybe one or two articles and they were kind of scarcely sourced at best going ahead and talking about someone higher up in the Intel world saying something to the effect of a decision is made. Now, whatever that decision may be, if it was to actually discontinue uh, R&D for the Arc GPU or that they were setting, you know, maybe a proposed time and price point to make the announcements, 
Who knows? We've yet to see uh, anything else about that, uh, official or unofficial, vis-a-vis uh, -vis confirmation or denial that the RGPU is canceled. So that being said, we'll keep an ear to the ground because more competition uh, makes for better, better atmosphere for consumers, especially when we're talking about PC gaming. Uh, and there will be more to talk about in the world of GPUs a little later on in the show. That being said, we had a ton, a metric ton of announcements happen uh, over the past two weeks or so. And to go ahead and kind of rewind a little bit, we had the Ubisoft Forward event. Uh, that was probably the last thing that you heard Snipe90 and I talking about. Again, apologies for these breaks. It's going to be hell to edit all them out, so you're just going to have a couple moments of silence here and there when I have to clear my throat or whatnot. Uh, but the Ubisoft Forward event, so that was the first um, that we had heard any type of rumors or announcements. I mean, there was speculation in the past that there was going to be stuff coming out, particularly in the Assassin's Creed world, uh, but we didn't have anything formal announcement-wise coming out of Ubisoft. Well, here at the latest Ubisoft Forward event, we got a lot. So um, outside of the Assassin's Creed world, there was... Uh, some more trailers and announcements of post-launch content uh, for Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope, the upcoming uh, Nintendo and Ubisoft kind of crossover title. Um, that being said, Rayman is supposed to uh, come in, if you're familiar with the Rayman games. Uh, Rayman's going to be coming in as a uh, DLC character a little later on. I'll be interested to see kind of what he brings to the table Um with regard to special abilities and whatnot. We saw a lot more uh, trailer and deep dives, if you will, into Skull and Bones. I, I can tell you, I'm still not super sold on this game, and uh, I don't know what their market really is, um, because they've got a lot of interesting things going on in there, but I almost would argue it's too little too late. Uh, but we'll see, you know, it remains to be seen. If this is something that you've seen a trailer for and you're like, hell yeah, that's right up my alley. I want to customize my ship, etc., etc., um, and do kind of the, 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 you know, ship customization, a little bit of exploration and whatnot, then so be it. That, that game might be for you, and that one's going to be coming out November 8th, so you can check it out that way. Uh, there's new Trackmania. Trackmania is uh, going to go cross-platform. Uh, or excuse me, cross-platform play and cross-progression. So that is something we're looking forward to in 2023. I'm looking for, forward to a lot more uh, cross-play out of Ubisoft for a number of titles. Um, then Ubisoft did uh, a couple other announcements. Um, well, sorry, let me, let me go through a few more here. Uh, Riders Republic, they're going to get some more uh, DLC content by way of uh, BMX brand biking uh crew 2 is getting some ice tracks there's a couple things brawlhalla is having a crossover with castlevania uh ubisoft announced a, a rather large uh partnership with netflix uh to bring out assassin's creed adaptation now i don't know if anybody else saw the assassin's creed movie like i did but it definitely left something to be desired uh but otherwise there's also going to be um, some Netflix and Ubisoft game adaptations or games um, in the form of uh, Assassin's Creed, uh, Valiant Hearts, and Mighty Quest. So interested to see uh, what's going to be going on there. 
Uh, we're also a little late to the game in the announcement, but if you uh, did not pay attention to the Ubisoft Forward or anything like that, but you think you'd like to check out the games, uh, Ubisoft Plus, their subscription service, is available for free trial all the way to uh, October 10th, uh, and that's specifically on PC, Google Stadia, and Amazon Luna, if you play on any of those platforms. So, uh, again, if you're into you know any Ubisoft title, it may be a great opportunity to check it out, check out some of the games, check out Ubisoft Plus uh, while it's still free. Uh, that being said, there's quite a few other announcements. I think, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I'm not a huge mobile player and Ubisoft definitely kind of struck a chord with me in that they went down mobile alley like crazy. There was a, a couple, excuse me, a couple titles out there um, that they announced that I was like, why? Why are you focusing on the mobile with the exception of trying to capitalize on the mobile market, which people seem to you know, view as a cash cow because there's so many markets out there around the world that either don't have available or can't afford a PC or, uh, you know, a, a household console that it seems like mobile is the only opportunity that they have to game and they go ahead and they plant their money in that platform. But there's quite a few titles that came up in the form of Assassin's Creed. Um, we finally had uh, Assassin's Creed codename Red which is uh, supposed to be, I guess, a female character, but it's taking place in feudal Japan. So I'm really looking forward to that one. Fans have been clamoring for that for quite some time. Um, one of the next major Assassin's Creed uh, mainline titles is codenamed Hexe, um, and it's supposed to take place uh, centered around the time of the witch trials in uh, Europe. So never knew that that was actually a thing. So hopefully Ubisoft can go ahead and educate me with a little bit of history as well as, um, you know, just, just what the heck this game is about. I'm interested to see what the story is. Assassin's Creed Mirage was unveiled as the upcoming Assassin's Creed title, and it takes place in Baghdad, which it's funny because a lot of people don't look at Baghdad, you know, in my lifetime, at least, it's been a place of conflict and strife and unfortunately a lot of uh, unevenness by way of governments and etc. But Baghdad was actually one of uh, the biggest, brightest places in early civilization to include going ahead and setting up the first university, if I remember right. Um, so it, it's definitely interesting to see something take place there and I'm wondering Assassin's Creed game take place there and I'm really interested to see if they're going to play into that uh, or identify some of that history of Baghdad because there's a lot of rich history that needs to be shown to the general public that wouldn't go looking for it. Uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage is supposed to be coming out in 2023. Uh, they also uh, had an announcement for Assassin's Creed codenamed Jade. Um, so this one is going to be uh, centered around China in 215 BCE. I, I don't really know what was specifically going on in China around that time. That being said, China's pretty big, guys. So, And it's got a very long and storied history. So anything coming uh, Assassin's Creed-wise in mainland China, I think would be a very interesting uh, set piece. Uh, last but not least, they also went ahead and announced Assassin's Creed Valhalla. The last chapter uh, will be the last piece of DLC coming out for that game. And so 
interested to see what happens um, with that. I have yet to dive into Valhalla. Um, you know, a lot of people have said it's like a 120 hour plus excursion. So to go ahead and then have DLC on top of that, I got, I got to carve out the time. Let me just put it that way. Um, just so I make sure I don't skip over it. That was pretty much all the Assassin's Creed announcements. They did, uh, also mentioned Just Dance 2023 is coming out. A Rainbow Six mobile game, uh, is coming out. This is kind of with that mobile cash cow, uh, I guess they're trying to capitalize on. The Division Heartland um, is coming out for a, um, I guess that is supposed to be, it, it, it throws me off. I still don't know, and I honestly didn't take the time to look into it. I was under the impression Division Heartland was going to be its own standalone game, but yet when I saw it, I distinctly got the impression it was mobile. Yet they've also previously announced the Division Resurgence, which is a, a mobile version of the game. Uh, and it's inclusive of like the whole thing with uh, dark zones and conflicts, and they're going to be delving into that. So nevertheless, if you are a Ubisoft fan, they have quite a few titles coming up, especially if you're interested in the Assassin's Creed uh, and the Division franchises. So uh, moving right along, there was also another interesting piece of news um, where there was Axios report that uh, were sourcing this out of GameSpot, but an Axios report where Ubisoft CEO Yves Guimont confirmed uh, that future releases, um, that being AAA titles coming out on the new-gen consoles, the Xbox Series and the PS5, uh, are going to be priced higher. It's just inevitable that these things have to go ahead and have uh, a $70 price tag. I think it definitely um, begs the question, and, and to add a little bit of uh, conflict or, or whatever here. Um, Assassin's Creed Mirage, the, the game that I just mentioned is going to be coming out in 2023, their next major Assassin's Creed game, uh, apparently was spotted somewhere that it was going to be uh, $50, $49.99 versus $70. So again, this is U.S. prices. But it, it's interesting that Yves Guimond would go ahead and say such a thing and then almost... You know, I, I don't know if this if Mirage was exclusive of that comment, um, but basically there's a lot of stuff going forward, and especially then, like, what what is that metric then? Because uh, we've always been kind of nebulous in that regard of, well, what is a AAA game, right? Is it purely based on uh, graphics and, and sound quality and gameplay and all that? Is it based on the production value and what the cost to produce the game is? Um, I think everyone kind of has a pretty good idea of what a AAA game is. I don't know if everybody has um, an idea how to put that into words, though. But uh, again, supposedly, according to Ubisoft, they're jumping on this bandwagon of $70 price points. Now, uh, what will happen in the future, we'll see, because we haven't heard anything from... Um, uh, da, 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 THQ Nordic's uh, parent company, uh, Embracer Group, um, by way of what they're going to do, because now they have a bunch of, you know, previously uh, some pseudo-publishers, game developers under their wing. Uh, we haven't heard anything from them by way of pricing for games going forward. PlayStation, I mean, we've kind of seen the hand already that they're going with the $70 price point stuff. Xbox is still standing pretty firm at the 60 and Nintendo, Nintendo just kind of does what they want. Let's just be frank. Uh, they go ahead and they will have 
a $60 game come out at launch, and then next thing you know, oh, by the way, you can get the season pass uh, and the baseline game for $90. So, I mean, they're marching to the tune of their own drum as they usually do, and then lucky for those of us that uh, like gaming on PC, it, it it's all out there. Who knows what price point? Nine times out of ten, I think it's safe to say uh, PC games are trailing in the console market by way of prices, um, but that's also because there's far more financial investment that goes into making your PCs usually. All right, moving right along. Um, ba, 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 ba. Okay, so we talked about the uh, Ubisoft stuff. Uh, Nintendo Direct, we were fortunate enough to have a Nintendo Direct also in the time frame um, between shows. Uh, and they had a couple things to show. You got Pikmin 4, which is going to be coming in 2023. Uh, you got Fire Emblem Engage, which is a new mainline game. Uh, Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe. Uh, so it's basically a port uh, from the Wii, which is coming now to Switch. Octopath Traveler 2 uh, got announced. Bayonetta 3. Uh, there was a new trailer. Uh, GoldenEye 007. This one I thought was really interesting because we'd seen a lot of rumor about GoldenEye 007 for quite some time. Um, those of us that remember that have been around long enough and played on the N64, that was the game, I think, that took everything by storm. I mean, it was uh, a console mover, I would say. I, I wouldn't necessarily say 100% a console seller, but you wanted an N64 to play Super Mario 64 and to play GoldenEye 007. Like, those, those were the games, and it made for really good split-screen stuff. Don't look at my screen! You know, a lot of, a lot of split-screen um, combative uh, elements going on there. Uh, different characters, they all had kind of their, um, their different tropes, if you will, and that, it was kind of fun. Nevertheless, it's coming um, to... Uh, Nintendo Switch Online, and it looks like uh, it's going to have online play as well. Also coming to Nintendo Switch Online, you got a couple new Mario Party games, Pokemon Stadium, uh, and there's a couple more. So it looks like it's going to be uh, a very good eatings for the Nintendo Switch Online community here in the near future. Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion. Excuse me. Um, that's going to be coming uh, December 13th of this year. Uh, another Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Booster Course Pack is going to be coming. Uh, again, that's Nintendo Switch Online DLC. Nintendo Switch Sports is going to get a free golf mode. Uh, Mario Strikers is getting another free update. Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is getting another DLC. It's going to be in the form of uh, a character. And um, what was the character's name again? <coughs> Sorry about that. Uh, I can't remember the character's name. But they look to be pretty interesting. And hopefully we'll get some backstory. Uh, more stuff on Splatoon 3. More stuff on Resident Evil Village. Uh, Harvest Moon, A Wonderful Life, uh, is getting a remake. And it's coming to Switch. Uh, dude, there was like it, it was good eatings as well. Like, I think I already said that, but it was pretty good eatings for 
uh, Nintendo Switch players. It Takes Two, uh, last year's game of the year, is uh, also going to be coming to Nintendo Switch. I find that kind of interesting because there's a lot that goes into that game. I say that from having played it through all the way on Xbox. There's a lot that goes into that game, not just graphically, but processor-wise and uh, gamepad-wise. Like, it's a two-player game, so I'm very interested on how that's going to work out. Nintendo Switch is also going to get Sifu. Uh, that's going to be coming in November. Oh, man, the list just goes on and on and on. But you guys want to hear about the part that really matters most, um, which is the sequel to Breath of the Wild, uh, which as of right now is called Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. And so there's been some stuff about this on whether it's called Tears of the Kingdom or Tears of the Kingdom, I guess as the Japanese translation goes. Um, so yet to be seen on like what what that goes into because I've seen a couple things mainly out of IGN where they talk about there may be a reason for the, the double play on the wording. Um, but we'll get to find out because that game is finally going to be coming out on May 12th, 2023. So I fully expect that uh, we're looking at a, a pretty strong game of the year contender next year in that title. Uh, as well, moving right along, as well as a Nintendo Direct and Ubisoft Forward, we also had a pretty uh, random, unannounced PlayStation State of Play. And so this one aired... Um, September 13th. Uh, so this was pretty, this is, this is a pretty juicy one too. I can't lie. Um, it was pretty heavy into PSVR too, but they also had some, some good stuff for PS5. Uh, Tekken 8 was officially revealed. Um, and this is, I think it, I saw somewhere that Tekken 8 is like the longest running, uh, single story franchise in fighting game history, which was impressive to me as a Mortal Kombat fan. Um, we saw a new trailer for God of War Ragnarok, uh, so it it's gonna be it's gonna be epic. I I have been well. I'll talk about what I've been playing uh, later on, but I'm looking forward to God of War Ragnarok. I'll, let me just say that um, Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge looks like a PSVR two title um, that looks. I'm not gonna lie, it looks pretty good as a Star Wars fan. Um, it looked like, you know, there might have been some Tatooine, some Naboo in there. So uh, I'm really interested to see how the interaction goes and like what what is the story of, you know, the game itself. Um, Demio was also announced for PSVR 2. I'm not going to lie. When I saw this thing, I was like, what is it? Like at first I thought it was like a card game. Um but it is not. It's a dungeon crawling survival. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's weird. I don't know how to describe. It. There's a lot of magic involved. Um, it's the type of game that, again, at least from my view, in you know almost thirty years of gaming, uh, or about thirty years of gaming, when I looked at it, I instantly thought this is going to be a card game. So it completely threw me off that it wasn't. Uh, but nevertheless, it's something that you know I might be able to check out if I get my hands on a PSVR two which PlayStation went ahead and did have a couple more trailers or um, features that came out about the PSVR 2, but yet we still don't have anything by way of release date. Uh, I believe the most they've said is first quarter of 2023, which could be January, February, March, um, but we have nothing by way of price point. A lot of fingers, however, 
are pointing in the direction of like a $500 price point, especially with what we've seen lately with the, uh, what the hell is it called? The MetaQuest 2 uh, and other comparable VR sets. Uh, we got some, we got some uh, PlayStation exclusive uh, content, that being a quest for Hogwarts Legacy was announced. Um, so that's pretty interesting. Uh, much like PlayStation to go ahead and kind of keep some stuff on their platform exclusively. Uh, Yakuza is, uh, there's going to be a spinoff game. Uh, yeah, it, it's never gotten a Western release. I guess it's, they're calling it Like a Dragon Ishin Remake. Um, it's never been released in the West before, but it's going to be coming out PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 in February of next year. Um, so if you're a Yakuza fan, then that might be something for you. Um, there was a couple others um, that were, again, between PS5 and PSVR 2. You got Pacific Drive, uh, Sensuality, Project Eve uh, is, has been renamed to Stellar Blade, uh, and that's going to be coming next year. Uh, the Neo developer has announced uh, a new new title, open world uh, style game. It's called Rise of the Ronin. It's going to be coming out exclusively on PS5 in 2024. <clears throat> so maybe look forward to that. Sorry, I, I went ahead and I muted the mic before I coughed, so apologies. Um, the other thing uh, that they announced, which I don't know why I'm really looking forward to this. They're, they're dropping just tiny, tiny tidbits here and there. Uh, the PlayStation Stars loyalty program, they had a little standalone announcement in the, the uh, state of play, uh, and it didn't give a whole lot. It definitely dissuaded uh, some of the fears that when they talk about, hey, you're going to go ahead and be able to uh, have individualized content, I think a lot of people were scared because they thought NFTs, and we were just working our way out of the whole NFT craze in gaming which i think is safe to say has died now thankfully um but uh they went ahead and said basically it's like collectible things and if you've played here here's my breakdown of it if you played astrobot um oh crap what's the what's the newest one on ps5 if you played the newest astrobot game um there is a specific room that you can go in uh that goes ahead and bears uh, a resemblance to basically like a PlayStation museum um, and Astrobot's Playroom. There we go. Um, but it basically is like a PlayStation museum and it's got a lot of odes to PlayStation like consoles and you know disk drives and, and all sorts of stuff like that. Um, and so that's kind of my impression of what PlayStation stars when they talk about these uh, individual... Um, collectible type items uh when i hear that and when i see that that's kind of the impression that i get rather than like the nft thing so fear not at least as of right now because it looks like that's not going to be the case but speaking of disk drives uh playstation is also making some really weird news <clears throat> sorry they're making some really weird news this one getting sourced out of the verge um but ps Five's first major design um, re-release or major design change 
is apparently that they're going to be coming out with a detachable disk drive. Yes, let's, t let's take a moment to pause on that because there are two PS5 SKUs out right now, one of which is an all digital, the other of which is the disk version, neither of which seem to have the opportunity for the disk drive to be removable but yet this is going to be playstation's first major redesign going forward um it's supposed to um go ahead and have um an extra usb-c port I, i'm not gonna lie Th this really threw me for a loop when i started reading up about this i was like what 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 sense does this make what sense does this make? Because um, PlayStation, you know, they're hard to find. I think in the U.S. they're a little bit easier to find. I say that. Um, granted, I was out sick for uh, quite a while. I want to say uh, a little over a week uh, this past week. And, you know, I got a notification that they were having consoles available on PlayStation Direct, which if you're not familiar with that, you probably should get familiar real quick. Um, and lo and behold, it happened to be middle of a day. I can't remember what day of the week it was because they all kind of ran together. Um, but I was able to go ahead and hop into a PlayStation Direct queue. I waited probably 20 minutes max uh, and was able to see a PS5 Digital Horizon Forbidden West uh, bundle. For you know what what price is that five forty nine U S so five fifty U S and I could have gone ahead and bought that um, that's how I got my PlayStation Five console was through PlayStation Direct or PS Direct so I highly recommend you do that but nevertheless it it goes back to the point of like why are they doing this now that they already have two SKUs out there I'm of two schools of thought right so on the show you've heard Mo and I go ahead and kind of go back and forth about this. Um, I'm pretty solid in this in this ideology though. PlayStation sees the value in price point, right? They feel justified in the price points that they have for the disc and the digital versions of their respective or you know PS5 console. They can't really adjust that. As we've seen, they're taking such a licking um, with regard to, with regard to supply chain and everything like that, that they feel it's okay to go ahead and pass on the cost to consumers in every market but the U.S., where PlayStation probably has the most competition with Xbox and anything else. So they felt it's okay to go ahead and pass on that $50 markup, if you will, uh, in all those regions. I think, I think, they went ahead, and I'm pretty solid in this ideology, that they saw the feedback that was coming out of the different markets because of that. Uh, and they realized previously, you know, when they first announced the consoles and we were still like just head on trajectory into the global pandemic, people were going to be staying at home. Uh, yes, there was a degree of worry with regards to jobs and whatnot, but there was a little more money going around at that time, a little more expendable income. Um, that being said, and especially if you're invested in the markets, the markets did some wild stuff during that time. Uh, that being said, now is different. Now we look around the world and there are multiple markets that are 
on the verge of, if not already entering something of a recession, the U.S. included, uh, and PlayStation saw the feedback and they knew that this was going to hurt, which is exactly what I said. This was they knew this was going to hurt them. This was going to hurt their console sales. Um, these console developers, time and time again, bite the bullet in the cost of these uh, appliances. Is really what they are, right? Um, to go ahead and try to get them in the hands of gamers, and then they plan on making the money back in the form of digital games purchasing, background, uh, you know, desktop style uh, layout purchases, what have you. I think they knew that this was going to hurt, and so this was something they were kind of already working on to basically go ahead and have a single streamlined version of the console that they could go ahead and produce. Um, what price point they're going to produce it at, I don't know, because I would, again, I'll die on the sword arguing that it does not cost $100 US, you know, whatever the comparable currency is worldwide, to produce a Blu-ray player. It does not. It simply does not. Regardless of shortages and whatnot, it does not cost to produce that. We've been this many years into Blu-ray now um, that you could probably pick one up. Shoot, if I looked on Amazon right now, I'm sure I could go ahead and find one for somewhere around 20 bucks, right? So I've argued that um, PlayStation going ahead and I'm literally going to look it up right now for you guys. Okay. Okay. So I was a little, a little out to lunch, right? I'm looking and it says 78 bucks for a Sony brand name one. Uh, and some of these prices may be still a little up there. If I go with a non Sony one. Okay. You know what? I See, it depends. Now, this is another Sony one I'm looking at for 60 bucks. Does it have to be a Sony one? No, but it would make sense if it's their, you know, their proprietary uh, add-on to go ahead and do that. But nevertheless, I will argue and die on the sword that it does not cost $100 to make a Blu-ray player. Therefore, it does not cost a $100 uptick from a PS5 digital to a PS5 console. I would argue there is some profitability that's going on with the PS5 uh, disc version. Anyways, that's that's all ICE's you know craziness aside. Um, I'll be very very interested if there this is factual and they are coming out with the single streamline uh, console. The idea being, of course, is economy of scale. Um, if you can go ahead and say, hey, instead of making these two different consoles, we want to go ahead and make one. Hey, factory that makes our console. Just produce this one, and then we've got probably Buku uh, Blu-ray players over here that we can just add a couple sliders on, and it can slot into the thing, or literally, it doesn't even need to attach to the console. It can just be a separate Blu-ray player, right? Um, so in effect, they're not really doing anything but making more of the digital, uh, digital PS5s, which again, my conspiracy theory... Uh, the digital ones have been harder to come by. Why? Because they produce less. Why? Because they make less profit on the digital uh, PS5 consoles. Anywho, um, I'll be very interested on what the price point is on this going forward because, uh, again, the goal here has to be, I can't think of another logical argument, it has to be to literally develop economies of scale 
uh, by going ahead and having the factory pump out this one single SKU instead of having to pump out two different SKUs and now PlayStation's got to worry about well how much quantity of this one versus the other they get rid of all that they throw it out the window this is the one and the only thing going forward uh, and then you have to go ahead and you know if you want to play your games via your blu-ray player it's going to be a separate purchase so uh is what it is um i'm interested to see that this kind of harkens back though it's kind of funny because this harkens back to the 360 and ps3 time frame when ps3 uh sony went ahead and pushed out the ps3 and was ready to die on the hill of blu-ray being the new way forward in uh multimedia you know, movies and whatnot, the format by which they were getting written. And on the Microsoft side of the house with uh, the Xbox 360, it was the HD DVD player. If you guys remember HD DVDs, those went the way of the Dodo because um, clearly the bets were hedged in favor of Sony because they have a music studio, they have movie studios. Like these guys are into media production uh, and they have a big stake in that. So it kind of, made sense in that regard uh but it was kind of interesting at least a short-lived thing to see how that fight was going to go down who was going to win okay cool uh other than that that's it for the playstation news we also did have we didn't really get to talk about it too much i don't think uh, but tokyo game show went ahead and wrapped up uh last yeah basically late last week earlier this week um had a couple um, a couple announcements uh, just showed a little bit of Tekken 8. Street Fighter 6 showed a little bit more. I'm really interested for Street Fighter 6, guys. Like, I'm really excited for it. I've always been... Street Fighter has not been, like, neck and neck with Mortal Kombat for me. Mortal Kombat's been my number one as far as fighting game. Uh, but Street Fighter is probably a close second. And so I'm really interested to see all the stuff that they're doing Street Fighter 6. I think Street Fighter 6 is going to be a revolution to that IP, um, kind of like what we saw with Mortal Kombat 10. Like, it's it's going to go ahead and provide a lot of revitalization to the franchise. Um, we saw some more of Resident Evil Village's DLC. Um, so there's a couple, couple pieces coming out there. If you're interested in Resident Evil... Uh, I would definitely say check out Resident Evil 8's um, Resident Evil Village's DLC. Um, Yakuza, again, the big thing going forward now, Yakuza is no longer going to be known as Yakuza. I guess I probably could have mentioned that before in the other piece of news. It's going to be known as Like a Dragon because I guess that is essentially what the Japanese to English translation is. Um, so in the future, future Yakuza games will now be known as Like a Dragon. Uh, and there was also... A couple new games that they announced. Um, let's see. So they've got Like a Dragon 8. Um, I think... Is that the only one that they like formally, formally announced? They said that they've got a couple more, that they got three more coming. Uh, but Like a Dragon 8 is is the only one that was like officially title announced, I guess. Aside from um, the one I announced previously, um, Ishin. Uh, Sonic Frontiers, uh, so we had a little bit more uh, update by way of boss fights. Um, Suikoden, or Sukoden, uh, is going to be coming. It's a classic Konami. It's going to be coming back. Uh, to, 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 to Star Wars Eclipse. Um, 
so this one is going to, if you saw this before, this is the one that's being developed by Quantic Dream. Um, so it looks pretty promising, very studio CG-ish. Uh, it's going to merge action-adventure um, and have a lot of what they're calling the fundamentals of Quantic Dream. So hopefully that means a lot of cinematic set pieces, uh, a lot of good story. Um, Quantic Dream is kind of known for, for those tenets and games, and so we'll see uh, what comes out of that. Uh, One Piece Odyssey is uh, coming out now in January 13th. So if you are a One Piece uh, fan, that, that new title is going to be coming out on January 13th. Uh, Mon Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak goes ahead and is adding three new monsters. Um, there was a little more on Wulong Fallen Dynasty, which was uh, previously announced. I think Xbox took the lead on announcing it, but it is going to be coming out on uh, PS5 and uh, Xbox Series consoles. Uh, and there was a couple more. Let's see, what was the other big ones? Um, the Awakener Risen is a RPG from a Chinese indie developer. So this will be like the first we're seeing, um, you know, a Chinese developer make a product that, that's going to go out further than just China. It's going to be coming to PS5, PS4, and PC next year. Exo Primal uh, finally gets a story trailer. Um, so if you were uh, tracking, that's the Capcom one where they just have like raptors and dinosaurs just pouring out of portals in the sky. It looked freaking laughable. Um, but there's apparently going to be a, a, a no crap story associated with it. Uh, previous trailers did allude to that, but this one really, really gave it in there. Uh, and Xbox came out and, and announced that Deathloop uh, was going to be coming to Xbox, not only to Xbox, but onto Game Pass. Um, there's going to be some big stuff coming for Forza Horizon 5, um, not by, by way of an actual DLC, but just some more updates, um, content updates. Uh, Blaze Blue Cross Tag Battle, uh, Guilty Gear Strive, and Nino Kuni Wrath of the White Witch Remastered are also all coming to Xbox. Holy cow, man. Tokyo Game Show had quite a lot of things. Um, all right, moving right along. Um, there was uh, some other announcements, per se. Um, let's go with... Let's go with... Uh, let's see, which one to start with. Let's 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 just let's just get it out there, okay? Uh, Halo, uh, Team Halo went ahead, or 343 Industries went ahead and announced uh, they did like a developer diary type deal, and in said diary, uh, they announced that they were actually going to be scrapping. Uh, at least they gave the impression that they were all together scrapping couch co-op. Um, this upset a lot of people. Um, yours truly, I wasn't too upset. I'm really looking forward more to the online co-op because I haven't had friends come over my house, just the nature of, you know, my work and my life. Um, I'm very, very busy most of the time, so I make time for you guys. Um, but most of the time I don't have friends come over to play games kind of deal. So losing couch co-op was not really a big thing for me. Um, that being said, um, the Halo fan base and Twitter really felt otherwise to the point where uh, Halo got a lot of backlash. Unrelated, but not 
to be ignored as well. Right around this time, uh, the previous head of 343 Industries, Bonnie Ross, um, went ahead and announced that she was actually stepping down from her role. So this led to, of course, speculation and all sorts of stuff, but... <coughs> Sorry. Uh, but thankfully, Bonnie went ahead and announced in the same uh, Twitter post, and I'm sure there was a formal post to the 343 family, um, that this was a decision for her family and for medical. So, um, you know, just kind of wishing her the best. It's never a good thing. Again, like myself, just getting over um, COVID and we've had stuff go on in the house of family with poor health. Um, it's not anything to make light of. It's not anything to, you know, wish upon anybody. So, um, it, it, you know, I think from the show, we wish her well in taking care of her family and nothing says that she can't come back to the games industry, but we'll see. I mean, she's been around for God, what was it? It was something like 20 plus years, like 28 is in my head, guys, like something crazy, like 28 years of working at Microsoft. Uh, many of those, like 20-ish, uh, being working with Halo uh, IP and 343 Industries. So um, that's a lot to, I don't want to say turn your back on, but that's a lot to walk away from. Uh, that being said, we are in good hands because uh, Xbox has gone ahead and they have identified not one, not two, but three different executives to go ahead and fill uh, Bonnie's roles. Um, if I remember right, one of them is specifically focused on gaming. There was a statement that came out. I unfortunately couldn't, couldn't find it or didn't get to read it in time for this recording. Uh, but one of them is focused specifically on gaming. The other one is focused on uh, management and organization. And then the other one is focused on like the multimedia stuff, that being like uh, the Halo TV series and all sorts of stuff, which by all accounts, which I haven't finished the Halo TV series, but by all accounts from what I've heard from most people, left a little something to be desired. Um, so we'll see how that goes. And again, best wishes to Bonnie Ross going forward. Um, so moving into the other announcements, uh, let's go with uh, NVIDIA. NVIDIA went ahead. We previously, I, I, we were fortunate enough where I had Snipe90 on the show, and we talked about uh, the Ryzen um, Zen, oh shoot, what was it? Zen 5, the new Zen 5 architecture for CPUs coming out um, and AMD did not announce anything by way of any GPUs that are taking advantage of that architecture but you can bet that there's going to be some really good stuff coming out of that uh, probably somewhere later in the fall if not you know probably like Q1 next year uh, but NVIDIA went ahead and had a keynote uh, where everyone was kind of anticipating and surprise surprise they did it uh, they announced the 4000 series GPUs. So these had been teased for quite some time. Uh, the announcements were the 4090 and the 4080, two different SKUs for the 4080, a 16 uh, gig VRAM and a 12 gig VRAM. And then the 4090 having 24 gigs of VRAM. I won't bore you guys with all the specs if you're really, you know, in with... Excuse me, sorry about that. Uh, if you're really into the PC gaming sphere, um, you, you can look this stuff up for yourself and decide if the bang is worth the buck. Uh, off the top of my head, I remember 
that the 4090 is going to be coming out at $1,500. And if memory serves, the, the 4080, the higher end, is going to be like $1,200. Um, and the 12 gig, I believe, 900. Don't quote me on the numbers, guys. Again, uh, if you're interested, you'll look it up. What was interesting, however, was all the feedback that came after this announcement because I, I had personally already decided, I can just speak for me for a moment, right? Um, I've got in the Omega rig here with me a uh, Gigabyte, it's a Water Force Extreme 3080 Ti, uh, so that's a water-cooled AIO model. And then I also uh, have yet to get the aftermarket uh uh, the aftermarket uh, case for water cooling it, but I also finally got my hands on an MSI uh, 3090 Ti Gaming X Trio. Uh, it is a slight step down from the Supreme X that I've been looking for for forever, but I also didn't think that the GPU market, specifically the 3000 series market, was going to do the bottom out that it did over the past couple weeks. Um, so that being said, a little bit of buyer's remorse, admittedly, but um, you know, it is what it is. Values in the eye of the beholder. And to me, these 4000 series don't hold a value. Yes, they go ahead and uh, NVIDIA's, uh, you know, championing that you can get two to four times the performance uh, based on the respective generational cards, 4090 versus 3090 and the 4080 versus 3080. Um, but that being said, there's a lot of if, ands, and buts that go into this. Um, I've seen a lot of kind of PSA style safety things saying if you're going to get one of these cards you really need to update to an ATX3 versus an ATX2 power supply um, because there's a communication piece that happens there and otherwise if that communication piece doesn't exist like if you have an older gen power supply there's an actual fire hazard that can come from this uh, the 4000 series cards are also supposed to pull a lot of power that being like 450 watts uh, for the 4090 series. So there's just a lot of folks that are saying, you know what, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait because there's a, a lot of moving parts to this. I'm going to wait because I want to see what AMD announces as the competitor. We still don't know for sure if uh, the Intel Arc GPU is canceled or not, like I said at the top of the show. Um, so there's a lot of question uh, left about the 4000 series GPU. The crazy thing is they're coming out like right now, right now, like literally within a month. Um, the, again, the release dates I don't have off the top of my head. I'm sorry, that's probably real crappy of me to do on the show here when you're coming to the show for relevant gaming information and news. Um, but again, if you're interested in getting a new GPU and you're willing to drop 1500 on it, uh, or you know, 12 or 900, whatever your price points may be, I'm sure you're going to look it up and make sure the bang is worth the buck for you. Uh, another hardware announcement Logitech G. Cloud, um, their handheld device that we previously talked about, I think uh, Snipe90 and I talked about on the show previously, it, it got officially announced. And it was funny to me because I got cued into it from a Twitter post from Xbox or an exec over at Xbox. Um, but basically this thing runs on Android. I mean, we kind of talked about it the last show, so I'm not going to beat a dead horse, but it runs on Android. Uh, to my knowledge, is not meant to play off of SD card, um, even though it does have an SD card slot. So like, why would you have an SD card slot if you can't download games to it? I don't know. There's something curious there to me. Um, but it seems kind of almost more of like a cloud Switch competitor, except that it plays games in 1080, where Switch plays them in 720. 
Um, and it, it's interesting because the price point, uh, I think we said is going to be, uh, they actually have kind of a special going right now, which is kind of wild to me. If you go ahead and you get in on it soonish, um, you can go ahead and get it for $300. So it's meant to be in that regard, a neck and neck, uh, comparison with the switch. Uh, however, once this sale period ends, which is kind of wild to me that they have a initial buyer sale period. Um, but once that's over, the price is getting jacked up to 350 so $50 more. Um, again, cloud only. It's supposed to play a lot of good stuff. That being said, Xbox Cloud Gaming, NVIDIA, um, NVIDIA GeForce Now is advertised on here. You also have like Steam. I, I don't know exactly how it's going to work. I really want to see it in someone else's hands before I, I go ahead and bite down on this and say I want one. Uh, that being said, I do still have my renewed reservation for a, uh, a Steam Deck. So we'll see. We'll see which one comes first and yeah, what happens there. All right. So uh, a couple other big pieces of news. This one, I don't know. This one got a lot of, a lot of rancor uh, online, but apparently uh, being sourced out of IGN here, uh, U.S. Homeland Security... So that's a, for those that are worldwide, that, you know, is one of our interior government departments. Uh, but the U.S. Homeland Security Department um, is going to get a $700,000 grant or permissions or whatnot. Uh, yeah, grant is the word choice they use to go ahead and try to investigate radicalization in video games. So this one was kind of interesting to me. Um, a lot of people, I think a lot of people bit off on this being A, bad because video games was in the news somewhere related with government, and B, they immediately bit off thinking, oh, they're going to do this and say how games in general are bad, right? Games produce actor shooters. Games produce all this problem. Um, having worked in the government before, I can say first and foremost, 700000 is not a lot of money at all to the U.S. government. I mean, it seems like a lot to us as average human beings. Uh, but in as far as how the government spends money, 700000 is nothing, guys. That's like six months, if that. And that's, you know, for a couple staffers to have some research time. Um, but they're apparently going to be looking at online behavior. Uh, and looking, there's there's a quote in here. Let's see if I can make it through without stopping or, or having a cough. Quote, over the past decade, video games have increasingly become focal points of social activity and identity creation for adolescents and young adults. Relationships made and fostered within game ecosystems routinely cross over into the real world and are impactful parts of local communities. Uh, it goes on to say, correspondingly, Extremists have used video games and targeted video game communities for activities ranging from propaganda creation to terrorist mobilization and training, end quote. And that is from the DHS website. Um, DHS, again, being the Department of Homeland Security. So uh, I think people read the, into this wrong or bit into this wrong. This is simply them going ahead and looking at like, hey, is... Um, you know, bad guy McBaddy going into, let's say, the Call of Duty lobbies and saying, hey, wouldn't it be great if we could go ahead and do this kind of stuff in real life? You know, like that kind of shit. Um, it's not going in there and saying that the game itself is bad. It's not espousing that games themselves create these type of 
um, poor behaviors and, and active shooters and whatnot, but looking at particularly the radicalization piece. And it, it's kind of interesting because the subtitle of the article um, summarizes it pretty well. And it says it leans towards white nationalism and white supremacy, which let's be frank, we've seen, uh, I don't I don't know if we've necessarily statistically seen a rise of in the United States, but it's been more visible uh, than it has in the past, shoot, couple decades. Um, and this is simply going ahead and I think it's great because it is the government being involved, hopefully in a positive, proactive way to try and stop that behavior before it happens. Yeah, there may be a little bit of big brother kind of looking in on the situation, but I, I don't know about you. I have nothing to fear about them looking at me trying to go ahead and support white supremacy. <laughs> so, I mean, if you're concerned about it, then I wouldn't wonder where your concern lies and what the premise of it is that you're concerned about the government looking to stop that kind of behavior. Um, but outside of that, again, I don't see anything here that lends to it being problematic in the sense of, Ooh, ooh, games bad. No get no games for for kids. I don't know why I just made the government sound like Neanderthals. Um, but anywho, the last big piece of news dealing with government type stuff, and this one this one was pretty big. Um, we we're gonna talk about it, and it's kind of fortunate that you know the show had a delay like it did because the news turned out to be a whole lot bigger. Um, let me start by saying I personally can't stand leaks in video games. It's one thing if like somebody on the development team uh, or the PR team for any of these respective companies say, hey, yeah, we want you to share this like with your viewers. You know, here's an NDA. Don't do it before this date or whatever. But you guys go ahead and trickle feed the, the public a little bit and then we'll come in with the, the whiz-bang presentation afterward. I'm okay with that kind of stuff. But if people literally are going out there and getting leaks that should not be going out, it's bull, right? It, it goes ahead and it undermines the efforts of the developers or the companies that are producing the messaging. Um, I want to be wowed, just like I think anybody else does. And so when leaks come out, I, I personally have gone ahead and unfollowed people that leak stuff um, that I knew in my heart of hearts was not supposed to be leaked yet. How did I know? Because, of course, after the fact, it said, oh, the PR team got called in on like a Sunday night to scramble to try and get the messaging right because somebody went ahead and had to get their 15 seconds of fame and release this stuff, right? It's never a good thing is, is the bottom line. And this is a perfect example of that. Uh, GTA 6 apparently had some stuff leaked out there. It was like in total something like 90 minutes of gameplay footage. Um, this is pre-release footage. This is not anything um, that is supposed to be, you know, out in the public eye. Uh, and then what we had come to find out, just like, every, you know, a lot of people in the industry, particularly in the in the media side of the industry, were pissed because a, um, it's not good for the devs. Like now, the devs, Rockstar has had some accusations of like crunch in the past. So now, assuredly, um, this went ahead and set them back. And if that didn't set them back, apparently this hacker, not leaker, but hacker, went ahead and got into their systems and also got source code. Um, so I'm not a genius. I'm not a coder, but I'll try and dumb this down to make it pretty easy to understand why this is really, really bad, right? Um, if 
someone gets a hold of source code. Source code is the actual coding that's the foundation that the game is built upon in the engine and whatnot, right? So if you get the source code for a game, um, first off, if you can hack into that system and get the source code for a game, presumably when the game launches in the future, you can go ahead and presumably hack into systems that you can brick that game. So now you've got a whole bunch of people who are pissed off because they bought this game. The game doesn't work. They want their money back. It creates a really bad rapport with the industry and really bad rapport with that developer. Or you go ahead and create some type of game-breaking bug or worse, maybe put a virus in the game to where I'm going ahead. Let's say I boot up GTA 6 on my PC. I'm playing through Rockstar's client, right? Let's say, um, let's just say this is how it goes. I'm playing it on Rockstar's client. This hacker has gone ahead and actually been able to swap out the real code that Rockstar put in with the hack code that now has a virus that's going to implant itself on my computer. When I go ahead and boot up the game, it's going to collect all kinds of my data to include my financials. Uh, and it's going to send that back to who knows where. Like, you know, it's a little bit of an extravagant example. But getting the source code for a game is a big friggin' deal. I think it's safe to say that. That being said, this hacker, uh, and I want to emphasize that, that it's not just a leak, it's a hack, went ahead and got hold of this 90 minutes of gameplay footage that they put out there under some pseudo identity on YouTube and whatever else. I haven't and refuse to look at it. Um, but they also got the source code. Well, this dumbass apparently also went ahead not that that wasn't bad enough that probably should have been bad enough um but they also went ahead and got into um uber's network and you know for any of you that use uber what do you think is attached with uber your financials and everything like that right so it's the same thing it's it's bad news bears apparently this got so bad that it got brought to the fbi and the fbi is now uh bringing forth a full investigation into the situation. Um, so the, they're pinning this right now, at least, on the hacker group known as Lapsus Money, I guess, um, which I think is hilarious because I may be mislabeling these, right? I don't keep track of the hack groups, but I thought this one was like led by like a 16-year-old in the UK or something stupid. Um, regardless... Uh, this is a quote from, uh, this is, um, da, 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 is this from the FBI? Uh, no, sorry. This is actually from Uber quote. There are also reports over the weekend that this same actor breached video game maker, rockstar games. We are in close coordination with the FBI and U S department of justice on this matter and will continue to support their efforts. So if, uh, you know, if the government didn't want to pay attention to Rockstar Games, if Rockstar Games came forward with, you know, any... <coughs> Sorry, guys, show's going to wrap up here soon. Um, if, if Rockstar Games didn't come forward with any type of legal allegations going against this situation, Uber certainly has. Uber is a multi-million dollar company. They've got a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, uh, sticks in the fire, so to speak, on aspirations on how they want to grow the business and everything and when a multi-million dollar business again rock stars one two uh undertake two 
But when these guys come forth and say, hey, FBI, we got a friggin' problem, and the FBI gets involved, it's not going to end well for this hack group. Uh, FBI assuredly has hackers of their own that can go ahead and try to trace back um, the back doors and everything that were used for this hack, and hopefully we'll get to some resolution soon. That being said, uh, I would encourage everybody, don't don't look at the GTA footage if it's out there. If, if you have already, just try and wipe it from your memory because there's a reason Rockstar didn't put that footage out. Um, unfortunately, they confirmed it's legit, but there's a reason they didn't put it out. The game isn't finished yet. Um, it's not in a state where they wanted to wow us. Think back, if you will, to when you first saw the trailers uh, for GTA 5. If you're like me, you were probably like, holy crap, this looks amazing, etc., etc. It takes that sparkle. It takes that wow. It takes that shine away from not only the game, but the developers, man, that spent years, years of their lives going ahead and trying to develop this thing. And their big opening debut gets ruined like this. I'm going to I'm going to use some French here. That's bullshit. Right. Come on. So uh, I would implore you don't look at the footage if you can. Uh, obviously, nowadays, like everyone's like, oh, it's fair game. It's fair news. Like you do you, boo boo. I'm not going to look at it because when I see GTA six for the first time, I want it to be from Rockstar and I want to be wowed and have my socks knocked off. Right. All right, cool. Anywho, sorry. That was that was the big piece of news. Um, it would have been a lot more drawn out of a conversation, most likely, if I had the gents here with me. Uh, that being said, they're not here, so surprise, surprise, you get just me. Uh, that being said, I want to go ahead and also give you guys um, the latest and greatest by way of video games releases. This one, I feel like this will be a little tougher for me to try and get through with pronunciation keeping full breath here um let me think where we left off last da, 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 da. okay i want to say oh man i don't know i don't know let's 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 just i'll tell you what we're we're gonna go ahead with respect to all you guys i'll go ahead and include the link for where we find the video game releases in the show notes, but I'm not going to go through our classic release radar because the show is already running over an hour here. I know you're tired as hell of hearing my monotone voice, especially me taking breaks for coughing and whatnot, and I'm running out of steam myself. So uh, that being said, uh, there's a lot of good stuff coming out. If, if people are saying this nonsense of like, oh, there's no games to play. First off, I would argue you don't really play games because uh, I've got a backlog forever long. Uh, granted, I have, you know, a lot, a lot, a lot of games, but uh, I would say you probably, I'm, I'm not going to get accusational, but you may be the type of person to only play uh, a three word game once every year or a sports game by a single name that has a numerical iteration after it every year, <laughs> right? Uh, if you, if you play games, there's plenty of games to play guys. So anyways, I'll include that in the show notes so you can go ahead and check out what's coming up. It looks good. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say it's like knock my socks off good. But between now and the end of the year, I'm excited. There's a lot of great stuff coming out that I'm looking forward to. Uh, that being said, cool. To, to bring the show here to a close, let me wrap it up. What I've been doing, what I've been playing. Uh, as I said, I've been sick for the better part of a, like a week and a half. Um, the guys have been going through, like I said, technical and family stuff of their own. Um, so they are... Uh, you know, remiss that they can't be here with me, but they'll be back hopefully on the next episode. 
that being said, what have I been playing uh, in the name of just staying home, quarantining, and resting? I've been playing a lot, thankfully, when I haven't been sleeping. Um, I went ahead and I jumped back into Skyrim. Yes, that's right, Skyrim. Um, I'm trying to do the anniversary edition on Xbox. Uh, I don't know how many hours I got into it. I'm a, I'm a little bit into the quest line there. Um, but my gamer ADD won't let me stop there. So I worked a little bit more on the Halo Infinite campaign. No, I did not finish that yet. I think I'm at probably the last... 5% of the game uh, by way of story because I don't want to say where I am, but I know I'm near the end. Um, I also went ahead and have played quite a bit of Halo multiplayer. I don't know what people are griping about. I think it's super fun. Um, aggravating, but that's always how it is with me probably because I'm nowhere near as good as I used to be in Halo. Uh, I also played, unfortunately, a little bit of Slay the Spire. Uh, I dove back into that game uh, trying to get a couple more uh, achievements. Uh, I've played through a little more, I'm trying to 100% Hellblade, send you a sacrifice on Xbox, and I'm making good progress on that right now. Uh, I'm probably about halfway through the game on that. Um, and then uh, I also went ahead, uh, oh, we, we, my wife and I, finished, because um, unfortunately she got sick from me, so the poor thing was you know, bedridden kind of with me most of the time. Uh, so the least I could do is play some damn games with her. So we went ahead and we finished the entirety of um, Sackboy's Big Adventure on PS5. And now literally the only thing I have left to do is get a, uh, get a gold medal on the Ultimate Trial, which if you're not familiar, it's a, it's a time trial. And guys, to get gold, you have to be in under 10 minutes. Like... To get gold under 10 minutes. like the You get bronze if you finish it in like 30. It's insane. Uh, it's a really long, <laughs> really long level. Um, but that's the last thing I need to do to get that platinum. So I'm going to try and get that soon. I uh, also played a little more of God of War, um, the 2018 game. And I am never not impressed with that game. Story, gameplay loop, um, the exploration and, and how they... Uh, naturally delve into the world and unlock certain new features for you to get to open up different things. I see very much, I, I knew already, but I see very much why it got game of the year that year uh, in 2018. And I would not be surprised if Ragnarok stands to be an absolutely strong contender, if not a winner this year for game awards. Um, that's going to be an episode coming up soon. We're going to have to talk about who we think our contenders are. Because uh, the deadline is coming up soon. Elden Ring still holds a pretty strong candle in there. Uh, I know there are a couple other titles uh, that are promising as well. Cult of the Lamb sounds really good. Mark's been, uh, you know, our, our own Snipe 90 has been playing that quite a bit. Uh, and he has even given his personal vouching that that could be a Game of the Year contender. And then here you got God of War Ragnarok coming around the bend. Um, we also had the announcement uh, that Spider-Man Miles Morales was going to be coming out for PC this year, which I found really wild. I did not anticipate that was going to be coming that quick, but I'm also really excited for anybody that doesn't have a PS5 since that is... Um, oh, shoot, no, you can play Miles Morales on PS4, can't you? I can't remember off the top of my head. Nevertheless, if you don't have a PlayStation, if you're a PlayStation fan, but you don't have a, a, a PlayStation console... Uh, I'm really excited for you uh, if you're going to go ahead and potentially play that on PC. 
because um, that is a fantastic game. Finished it, cried a little. Um, I'm not, I'm, I'm grown man. I can tell you that I cried playing the game. Um, that being said, yeah, it's a really great game. I'm really looking forward to how they play that into Spider-Man 2, but that's going to be coming out on PC. Uh, shoot, I can't remember the date, but it's going to be this year. It's going to be, it's going to be hot. So that being said, let's wrap up the show. Uh, thank you guys for bearing with me for this hour plus monotone-ness, especially probably sounding pretty congested and nasally, uh, and bearing with me during my breaks from, from coughing, from COVID coughing. Uh, it's going to take me a little bit longer to get over this, hopefully sooner rather than later. Uh, but I'm wishing everyone health, wealth, and happiness. Uh, get out there, get get on those sticks, get on those controllers, enjoy your uh, your week, whatever your week may consist of. And remember, gaming's greatest generation is the one you guys are a part of. Thanks for listening to the Gaming's Greatest Generation podcast. We hope you enjoyed your time with us today. If you have any feedback for the show or would like to contribute ideas, feel free to call 702-690-9292 or email us at gamingsgreatestgeneration at gmail.com. You can also join the Discord community by following the link in the show notes. See you next time.